0: Um, my first guy that I have this week that I've taken a look at is probably the best of the rest in a lot of people's eyes. It's Wyndham Clark. He's definitely having his best ever season. He's a bomber. He fits the narrative here really, really, really well. It's an easy course. He's played coastal course as well. He's going to make a lot of birdies. He hasn't stopped playing well. He was right there last week in his team event. With Bo Hostler, who's really not very good. Um, He's played well very, very continuously, and there's no reason to see him stopping here when he's the class of the field.
1: welcome back to the pin seeker pod i'm patrick that's jacob and jacob how hard was that intro for you to listen to
0: there was all weekend was brutal to be honest because i've been looking at when Wynd- <laughs> you heard it in the clip we've been looking at wyndham clark all year why did i stop last week i i don't know that's that's just the way it goes i guess it just
1: always happens like that i mean you were so on the money everything that you said could have been applied to this week kind of take out the coastal course part of it and of course of course one week later this guy puts on an absolute show in a designated event with a strong field and we don't mention him one bit it sucks
0: it does suck. It does suck. I'm happy for the guy. He It's his first tour win, $3.6 million. You, you know, he seems like a good guy. I don't know much about personally. I know he's been on tour for a while, and this is the first year that he's really been able to put it together. So it's really good that he was able to get it done.
1: You and I, I go back perhaps. a little bit, and we've had this guy as a pick for a lot of courses dating back two or three years, uh, especially on Bermuda greens, the Florida swings. I know we've talked about it and we've even brought it up on the podcast as I played there and to watch him ball out like that was downright miserable. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. All of our guys were completely gone by Friday afternoon. Cam Young, nowhere to be seen. We'll talk about it more later, but to see Wyndham Clark put on this show at a course that actually kind of made sense in hindsight—good drive, Bermuda putting, playing well—no idea why we missed him, and it sucks.
0: It's tough to look back on because we talked a lot about how the driver was going to be the most important club this week. I watched a bunch of Rory McIlroy the first two days and. Granted, this is Rory McIlroy. He's hitting the ball farther than everybody else. But he had wedges into 500-yard holes. So these guys, these fairways are fast. And when Wyndham Clark bombs the ball, and he's been straight this year, he's going to have a gap wedge. He had a gap wedge into like a 504-yard hole on Sunday from the first cut. Like a slight fire, got spin out of it, stuck it to like five feet. The guy, I mean, he putted... Oak. I don't even think he putted that out of this world. His just it was driver and he found the irons a little bit. There you go. That's all you needed. He did everything well,
1: but nothing amazing. And at least that's what the stats say. I mean, over the course of the event, he gained. You know, he gained on approach. That's what he did. But because he had so little into a lot of these holes where a lot of the guys were hitting longer irons played well around the greens, well off the tee, really solid tee to green and then gained 1.8 strokes putting. He did everything and it's it's impressive. Like I like Wyndham Clark. It was just frustrating for me because we as we've said, we've been on him and we weren't on him this week. So I think it's a huge breakthrough for him, not dissimilar to the Kitayama story earlier this year. And for a guy that's been knocking on the door for a bit, this could be a springboard for a lot more because he is super talented. And to be able to stare down somebody like Xander, who obviously has a difficult track record with winning, but he has shown that he can win these events and he's one of the top 10 players in the world. It's pretty impressive what he did to come away a winner
0: yesterday. So I tuned in Sunday afternoon right around hole eight. Um, It was so seven's the par five, eight's the drivable par four. They're like the two really only easy holes on the front nine. And after I believe eight Xander had a one shot lead on Wyndham Clark going into nine. And the talk on all the announcers were that Wyndham Clark looks a little uncomfortable on his first Sundays one over through the first eight Xander is now two under through his first eight holes. He's been here, you know, I think, what does Xander have seven wins? Something crazy like that. He's, um, he's been there over and over and over again. Granted, Xander is not a stone cold killer by any stretch of the imagination. There's a bunch of times he's been in contention and not one shown yesterday. But Wyndham Clark, that back nine was outrageous at a course that is brutally difficult most of the time. Yeah, it was,
1: like I said, it was really impressive to watch him work. And I was pretty happy to see him kind of stare down Xander there just as a golf fan in general. I guess we can get into the tournament a little bit just because it's it's where the conversation is going. It, it lacked for me having a low-key winner, not having those big guys in the mix. I mean, I know a few of them, a few of the top dogs were out. But it was still a very strong event, strong field. I was disappointed by a couple of things. The scores were pretty low for the tournament's right. history. The fairways ran out a lot more than we were expecting. Uh, it, it wasn't very exciting. There, was, there weren't the fireworks that we talked about. We hyped the course up. We hyped the tournament up. We hyped the finish up. And to not get it was a bit disappointing as a golf fan.
0: I definitely think that this was the worst designated event so far. We've had, we've been spoiled with the designated events for sure. Maybe the no ROM, no Scotty, that kind of made things kind of watered down at the top because really wasn't, it wasn't competitive. It was a two horse race for most of the weekend. I have no idea how Xander and Wyndham Clark shot like a, Best ball fifty-eight or something on Saturday at this course makes absolutely no sense. And on Sunday, Clark just kept it rolling and Xander shot even par, which traditionally around Wells Fargo would have gotten it done for him. Shout out Chris Kopak, who's on the bag this week for Quinn Riley. Maybe not the week they wanted, but first tour event. He is has been a caddy at uh Quail Hollow for a while, knows the place really, really well and said that they had a lot of rain down there so maybe that's why the greens weren't as fiery as usual just a guess but i would have liked to see the scores you know major championship-esque and i think a part of it too and we saw this
1: with mexico right where you have this group that distinguishes themselves going into sunday where it seems like the only guys that can win it are the ones that are four or five ahead of the field and you're not going to get a Sunday 61, Sunday 62. It happened in Mexico. There were four guys there down the stretch and really ultimately two that were battling in the back nine. Same thing this week. It felt going into Sunday, it was Clark or Xander's tournament. And like you said, I think we all thought it was Xander's tournament until early in the back nine. We're like, whoa, now this is getting out of hand. And it's frustrating because had there been a larger group and I think going into the weekend, there were... 30 or 40 guys within four or five strokes of the lead so it's really disappointing that this happened on saturday afternoon to take out the drama but th- there was an opportunity and had those guys all been back
0: at 8 9 10 would have been an exciting sunday definitely and you see that traditionally the score the winner was high single digits maybe getting to 10 under 11 under right and this is the best field that the tournament has ever had other than the PGA championship. So that the fact that there were a couple people who kind of ran away and then everyone else was right around that maybe is more indicative of actually what the true scoring is at the course. Wyndham Clark, he's we've talked about it. He is capable of doing things like this. We've known that this was out here for a while, any other week, any other time Xander shopfully wins that tournament. I don't think Xander would go away being too upset with it. Uh, I actually saw a clip that uh, he stayed for hours after the runner-up signing stuff for him. Good guy, Xander. But yeah, I mean, we wanted the wind. We wanted the fast, firm greens. The, The green mile didn't play as hard, I don't think, as it usually does either. I don't know. Maybe it's the drivers. Maybe it's the drivers, too.
1: I think you brought up the lack of Rahm and Scheffler, and we've talked before about how their bottom or their floor is so high relative to other golfers. They're just always hanging around in these tournaments and not having that this week really hurt this event because look, they could have both been out of contention and it could have been an an anomaly in 2023, but not having them there, and or we've talked about L- Rory, like his his floor is so much lower, right? There was nobody hanging around from below where it's like this guy can make a run and something exciting can happen because Xander was sort of the player with the most cachet at the top of the leaderboard. And then from there on, it was like, well, I, I don't really envision somebody else coming up and, and and that's what happened. And it's easy to say in hindsight, but it's just... The the lack of of talent at the top of the leaderboard really hurt the chance for drama going down. And I think I took for granted how great it is to have Rahm and Scheffler in these fields, even if I'm yeah. not always rooting for them, because they're always there, and you always know that they are a threat. So it can kind of inform energy down the stretch.
0: They're the two best players in the world. That it's really not even that close at this point. So for them they would have probably, most likely, they would have probably been in that, you know, position that Homa, Tom Kim, Justin Thomas, that all those guys were in going into the final round, right? So I think they all finished, like, right around the top 10, but never even had a chance to win the tournament. Yeah, like, minus nine or minus eight or something. And these guys never had a chance, but Rom Scheffler would have been there. But at the same time, you don't see necessarily Max Homa shooting sixty-four on Sunday to go for the win. He could do it, I guess, but it doesn't he doesn't have the same threat that Roman Scheffler do. And for the viewer, like you said, that's a huge bonus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, it's the event had a ton of potential, and this happens. When there are tournaments every week, some of them are gonna deliver and some of them aren't. And unfortunately this one wasn't as fun from a viewer standpoint, but big congratulations to Wyndham Clark. I saw some great stuff about his uh, his late mother that had taught him to play golf. Really touching. Um, and again, having a win like that this early in your career is... I, not, not early in the career, but at this point, stage in Clark's career, he's been around for a little bit. He's contended to win now what is the first year of designated events can be this springboard. And he seems like a great guy, fun to watch, with a pretty high ceiling as we saw this week. So congratulations to him. Uh, I I only have a couple more things to say on that, but I'm going to save it for the cut line.
0: Definitely. I I think that we also really, really, really enjoy seeing not the top guys win every week because that's what we were getting for a really long time. And now this is two designated events with relative long shots winning, which is very good for the game of golf, mind you. This is having a favorite win every single week, like has been tradition on tour, is boring, really. So we're really what concerned us with this tournament was how the leaderboard was watered down, right? I didn't want to see shots of Michael Kim on Sunday. I didn't want to see you know, I Hatton was there too, I guess, right? But these guys don't have the same pull even if Spieth was there. So it it was a little bit of a bummer in that regard, but all the congratulations in the world to Wyndham Clark and and all the guys who played well. Absolutely. Really quick, before we wrap up the Wells Fargo, I I can't let this time go by without giving my two cents on Rory McIlroy, who is supposed to be the face of golf. I picked him in our one-and-done contest that we're a part of this week. Which obviously was a mistake. It was a risk. I'm behind, so I needed to take a risk. He's won this place a bunch of times before. I could see maybe the narrative. In it, my wasn't
1: head him. Him it wasn't coming, a bad play. It wasn't a bad. He was the be,
0: favorite. Yeah, no one's gonna play him too. So it's like it. It kind of felt like it was maybe the right time for me, but mentally. This guy is just not there anymore. And it is it is almost sad to see because I like Roy McIlroy, but he just can't handle being the face and going to all these events and opening his mouth. And I agree with some of the stuff that he says. Right. But he talks a lot. He has, you know, opinions on covid during covid. He has opinions on everything live and then he starts backtracking on those opinions and this is ta- taking all of his time and mental health and mental energy and then he goes out on the golf course this week and can't hit the green with a sand wedge it's ridiculous
1: look i think that i don't want to speak too much on what this off the course stuff does to him but it, it can't in my mind it can't help right because he is constantly having to answer these questions and i think he's he's done a good job of being so eloquent in front of the media that the that they've asked for more and demanded more from this guy on a weekly basis it's like how many sound bites can you create and it's like yeah that sure sounds good but man like you said he said that before or he's walking something back why are all these sound bites there it almost sucks that tiger isn't around as much anymore because everybody's trying to latch on to a quote and unfortunately for rory he was the guy there where it was like okay we got to hear from him on this issue on this issue on this issue and then all of a sudden espn ticker whatever it is golf digest you see rory quote on this quote on that COVID, live like you said where it's like all right rory has opinions i'm sure a lot of other guys do Quite frankly, when Jordan Spieth talks like this, he's as much of a draw on from the golf TV standpoint, but you're not looking to him for a quote. And this is why I talked about a little bit with like, okay, John Rahm in the future. He's starting to become this guy. And I sort of thought, well, it'll clash with Rory, but maybe it'll take some of the blow away because you can sort of have somebody else to lean on in these times when you're looking for a quote on something relative to the golf
0: world outside of the tournament that week or the majors whatever it may be. I think it's a good thought and I think that a lot of this is self-inflicted by Rory. He didn't he never had to be this spokesperson. And I it I'm sure it does very well for him. He does well for himself maybe financially, but mentally, I do not think that this is helping him at all. And in any sport, Tiger Woods was always like this. You have There has to be some sort of ability for you to separate the outside and the inside game. And Rory in the past couple years has shown no ability to do that. And it all started with that Sunday loss at St. Andrews. That felt like his coronation. And from there... It's been a disaster for Rory. And it's just getting worse. It's players missed cut, masters miscut. He made more news than the RBC Heritage in and of itself by not going there and missing out on three million dollars that he could have gotten. Coming here on his birthday, plays well the first round, completely disappears after that. Who knows what kind of form he's gonna be in? Who knows what he's gonna say that's gonna get him in trouble? And he comes in Tuesday, does media on Wednesday for the PGA Tour. He did something in conjunction with NASCAR. Speaks his mind, says whatever anyone asks him. Doesn't play well, leaves through the back doors Sunday, doesn't see reporters. He's, he's shooting himself in the foot at this point.
1: He's got to be gassed. I mean, and you talk about the St. Andrews thing. That would you, you'd see why that would wreck him. It had been eight years. It has been nine now. He had—he was there, had as good of a chance as Smith down the stretch and, and really better at a lot of points in that tournament. And it felt like this is it. This is number five. And outside of Augusta, no better place to do it for him. So, yeah, it's got to be heartbreaking. And his quotes after that round, too, it's like, I'll move on. You could tell that it's you're not going to get this opportunity again. Five years goes by for a while, right? And it's sort of been this thing with Rory, where I always view him as a superstar with a missing puzzle piece. He he didn't jump off those four majors from twelve to fourteen. He had the Augusta collapse in ten. Has never been able to do anything since. His highlight in the last few years is a bunker shot that left him five strokes behind Scheffler at Augusta. Portrush misses the cut. I mean, he was he was penciled in as that major winner years prior. And it's just this buildup of disappointments that are in conjunction with a ton of success, a Hall of Fame golf resume. But for Rory, it's it's almost what could have been contrasted with an amazing golf career. And I think he would maybe push back on that if somebody told him, but deep down, he knows it himself.
0: I think that was very well said, and I, I have nothing more to add. I, I, it's a little sad at some points, and I still think that he'll pick one off eventually. He has a great chance at Liverpool where he won last time, but we say that two, three times a year for the last 10 years.
1: So real quick, yes or no, you, you said you think he gets you think he gets another major how many?
0: I could still see him getting three. Three more.
1: I don't think he wins another one.
0: Yeah, I I right now it's very hard to argue with that. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be in the minority <laughs> by saying he'll get multiple.
1: But in a very weird way I kind of agree with three more than one, because if he does get one, right, it's going right. to be more than one. It, it's going to be the monkey off the back thing. But at this point, I, I just think guys are going to get better. He's going to lose his advantages. And when has he hit a wedge? At the top of it's his so uh, bad. since 14. Since it's so you bad. You said it this week, but but that's been a thing. Yeah. And the putter switching. We'll see.
0: It was the approach game was really, really, really bad this week. And the driver was inaccurate, which is another thing. He can't figure out how to hit the driver straight anymore. He'll figure it out. He he will figure out his game. There's no doubt about it. But it's a different story when you have are in contention on Sunday at a major. And he's, he's been 10 years since he's been good at that.
1: It's true. Shall we move on to our favorite part of the week?
0: Definitely. Um, let's do our the cut line this week. Uh, Patches, you want to start with your made cut
1: Sure, Jacob. I'll start off with my made cut So mine's coming from a familiar friend that we talked about on the podcast the last two weeks. He's actually getting more airtime than a lot of the best players in the world. And I think he is one of them. I'll die on that hill. Alejandro Toasty. Is it Tosti or Toasty?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Tosti? We'll figure that out.
1: Clarification for next week because he's, he's certainly getting featured. He actually, the PIP on the Pin Seekers podcast, it's between Tosti and Akshay right now, I've been thinking about it. So <laughs> yeah. I think Akshay's got him beat a little bit in terms of the amount that we've talked about him. But uh, Tossie's getting up there and maybe after this segment. So if you aren't familiar, he was able to get into the field this week with a top 10 in Mexico after the corn fairy debacle that we talked about on episode two. And from there, he opened up with, was it a plus four or plus five this week? Something along those lines. He had a horrible first round, starred on my PGA Tour app, and I, I thought he was done i did not get to watch any golf friday because i was playing a ton of it and i woke up to see him made the cut and playing on saturday morning immediately texted jacob apparently he shot what a 65 on friday to make the cut
0: 65 or 66 he made a 30 plus footer on 17 to make the cut on the number it was i think he played the green mile and one under on friday uh super clutch didn't have the most amazing weekend but it's a payday nonetheless at that point and i would be shocked if it's not the biggest he's had
1: well so i actually looked this up his biggest was in mexico he made about 110 to 115 but over the last two weeks maybe a little more than that over the last two weeks he's made 230k according to the tournament payouts and that 230K wow. is double what he's made in his entire PGA Tour slash Ferry career up to this point, which, to my knowledge, has spanned four to five years. He's 26 years old. So in the last eight days, he's doubled the entirety of his winnings and couldn't happen to a better guy. Really excited to see him make the cut, want to see him in future tournaments. He played pretty well tough course like it's not easy to just drop onto quail hollow and make a cut in his position as a corn fairy guy so i was stoked to see him and hoping for continued success there
0: i think that he'll get some more sponsors exemptions um it would it would be silly not to hopefully he carries this good form as well into wherever he plays next because This is some really, really good form, and we love to see stories like this on tour.
1: Absolutely. How about your Make the Cut?
0: My Made Cut is going to be one of of the most popular stories that we see this week. It's about almost everyone's favorite, Ricky Fowler. He's back in the world's top 50 for the first time in two years and five months. This is important because this isn't a deadline for it, but there's a couple deadlines over the next coming weeks. If he's still in the top 50 at those times, he gets into the majors. U.S. Open doesn't have to go to qualifying. Open championship, I want to say that's in two weeks. I don't even think he needs to do anything and he'll be in the top 50, but a made cut next week guarantees Definitely, for sure, he'll get into those other majors. And there's no reason to think that he won't keep playing pretty good golf. A tied 14 last week. We're excited to see Big Dick Rick back at it again. No doubt about it.
1: I was skeptical with his chances of winning last week, but that does not mean that I don't want to see him succeed. And to have Ricky Fowler in these tournaments is a good thing for golf. And I don't think anyone will argue that. We've talked about the quality of fields on Sundays and the lack of energy. Ricky being in the conversation moves the needle for the PGA Tour and for golfers alike. I know there was talk of him moving to live. I know there was talk that his game would never return. And he hasn't gotten that breakthrough win, but it is exciting to see him in these tournaments getting airtime and playing good golf. He's in a place in his career where he's not going to be billed to win eight majors like he was when he was coming up but that's okay. You know, we've talked about the Rory disappointment. This is a different story than that. This is a guy that never was able to get that major. The players is a huge event and the other events that he won are great victories. He's a very successful PGA tour resume. It would be really, really cool to see him not only win another tournament, but be in contention in a major. And that story is something that I'll be pulling for. And it's just a good thing that that seems
0: like more of a possibility than it was 18 months ago do not be surprised at all if he contends in one or multiple majors this year he is playing very very consistent golf nothing really in contention per se but 10th place 14th place 20th place he's right there And often on the PGA tour, something that's hard to understand about the majors is that the fields in the majors actually maybe aren't as deep as the other tournaments. Right. So you're going to get more of the top guys, but maybe that middle section is not as deep. And the low section definitely is not as deep. You're going to get past champions, PGA pros, amateurs. So a 20th at a really good course this week or 14th at a really good course this week maybe is actually a fifth at a major it's not that far off and it's not that far out to think that Ricky can pull maybe even pull one out I don't think it's that it, I don't even think it would be that crazy
1: hey well look at the Wyndham Clark story you said Ricky hasn't really been in contention I mean Wyndham Clark was just stacking top 20s I know he was kind of right. there in the Valspar but he wasn't down the stretch, what, like, even in position to win. And then you, you play well, you continue to stack those successes, stack those top 20s, be in tournaments, make cuts. The odds are just in your favor. The, the, luck, the luck will go there. If you continue to put yourself in position, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. And for Ricky, that hasn't come on a Saturday and Sunday yet, but like, it's impossible to not see it happening at some point, right?
0: Totally. And I think that. In golf, what happens is that if you're very consistently putting up these high finishes, you're going to have one of your statistical categories pop or multiple of your statistical categories pop for not just one day, but maybe two days. And if you get three days, you win. That's just how it right. goes. And a if he's putter. finishing. Right. He, he could ride a hot putter to a win. A vintage Ricky putter in one tournament would mean he wins with the way he's playing the rest of his game, which is very, very exciting for the game of golf.
1: And I really hope to see it.
0: Let's move on to our missed cuts. What do you got? So who missed the cut this week? Well, for
1: starters, almost every golfer that Jacob and I liked in the Wells Fargo. Boy, please, please go back and listen. Just because we'd love to have more listeners, but maybe hesitate before taking our advice because how bad were we last week? I mean, we said things about the I went back and listened before this just to confirm that it was so bad. Our golfers were dead. Friday afternoon. We woke up going into the weekend and thank God I wasn't watching because every single guy that we chose, I think Gary Woodland was the closest down the stretch, and I Correct. didn't even like him. Kudos to you for that top 20 or whatever it was. Cam Young was our winner, tied 60 hundredth. A guaranteed
0: winner, by the way. A,
1: a guaranteed winner. So you see how that works out. The problem is when Jacob and I collaborate on a player. They're going to suck. And I we've been talking about we've been doing the pod for a couple months, but we've been talking about golf for a few years. And I cannot remember a single tournament where we both liked a guy going in and they had any type of sustained success. Cam Young, he's gonna win the PGA championship. We're gonna tell you right for now. Sure. For sure. Make sure, make sure. To know that he's going to miss the cut because of that collaboration right there. I mean, he's going had to win. Guy, None of the long shots panned out. Hovland was a disappointment, even though he had a none decent some... round. Ac- actually it made was... the cut. Actually made the cut. He actually played yeah. okay. I was looking at his stats. I, again, just a uh, nightmare week. And I, I did want to say one other thing. It is hard to predict golf tournaments we're supposed to be better at it than most there are going to be weeks like this but i think you know what it's only
0: up from here it it can't get any worse than last week oh right? no don't say that don't say that we have a I'm major gonna, coming I'm an, up
1: i'm gonna guarantee better results this week and in the PBA oh
0: jeez! oh geez
1: the death sentence for the people
0: yeah that's not good I I don't think it can get much worse than that. I, I can't remember a week that I did really worse than that, maybe ever, with my best pick coming in like 18th place or something. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. All my and long re- shots missed the cut. Oh, Keith Mitchell, I, did he miss the cut?
1: No, he made the cut, but he finished tied 88 or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, that's Horrible weekend. basically like missing the cut.
1: Might even be worse yeah.
0: than missing the cut.
1: Real fast on Cam Young. Uh I received a Cam Young story from a very loyal listener. Shout out my buddy Finn. Great golfer. Would love to have you on the pod one time. He apparently so his friend at work used to caddy at Sleepy Hollow. And there's an 85 yard par three on that course. Yeah. And hit cam young's dad would make cam go out there and hit shots until it was basically dark um and until he got a hole in one so he'd be like okay you have to go hole this 85 yard shot and don't come back until you do great parenting move by the way just like no food no water just (laughs) you need to make an ace um and this is this is the the part that gets into a little myth versus fact but how many times do you think cam young is said to have made that shot hundreds It it is a hundred he's said to have made the shot over a hundred times yeah that doesn't surprise me so I, I so i just have this for you if you're out there and you're uh, you're hitting that shot. Obviously, it doesn't it doesn't count as an ace, right? You're, you're not you're not saying I was going mean, to say there's no way you can count that. Yeah,
0: there's no way you can count that.
1: I do. I do think it's really it's an interesting conversation. Hitting a hole in one is very, very difficult, whether it's from 85 yards. This is a psychotic parenting move. I mean, did what? what would happen? And I guess it was either before dark or hole in one, but like what if it gets dark before he aced?
0: No dinner for Ken. Yeah. He's a big boy. Right, right. I I know that there are a few parents out there that do stuff like this. It it it's a little messy. The dad's a club pro. You'd like to think that he maybe knows what he's doing. This sounds a little bit out there, but then again, Cam Young is one of the best players on
1: tour, probably. So, well, what the dad should have done is make him go make a thousand five footers in a row because he seems to that struggle. Might have helped too. Yeah, that was rough
0: this week, wasn't it?
1: I, yeah, there wasn't one in particular, but I just I became became so disinterested in him after he sort of fell out of it that yeah, that was tough. I think I said it to you before. The double the double is the PGA into the Memorial. That's another decent course. For him. Right. That it was another, the wrong double.
0: First-round leader there last year, I believe,
1: at yeah, Memorial. The, 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 double, the double is right, but it's the wrong double.
0: Maybe anyway. he's not a Bermuda guy. Maybe he's not a Bermuda guy. That was it.
1: Maybe not. Northeast
0: New York guy. So...
1: Easier your winner. Who missed the for cut sure. for you, Jacob?
0: My missed cut this week was not necessarily a story, but a couple things that happened in the tour event that were quite notable, maybe for the wrong reasons. The first one would be Adam Scott, one of the best swings in the golf game, one of my favorite players to watch. As you know, I. Very much enjoy Adam. He missed a couple putts inside two and a half feet this week, and hit a drive that went thirty-four yards off the tee. Thirty-four yards.
1: That was worse than his opener in the 19 Presidents Cup. You remember that?
0: I of course I do. He duck hooked -hooked. left, straight out of bounds. But this ball tee, actually didn't go out of bounds. Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah, that was a good... That's an all-time classic. Never forget watching that one live. He said he tried to play a fade and pulled it left and hit a tree right by the tee box. I, I don't even remember trees being remotely in play on that shot. He must have been trying to play a slice, I guess. And Probably the only one knows. hit that week. Definitely. So what happened this week? <laughs>
1: he he hit a he hit a 30 yarder?
0: Yeah, thirty thirty four yards. Um it was really, really, really bad, just straight off a tree, nowhere near the fairway. And all you can do is laugh that one out. My was other he trying one to play a fade? Yeah, yeah. He was trying to play a fade, double crossed. Same exact thing. And, and you up. think he'd learn, right? Yeah. I guess it probably works for him 99.99% of the time. But then, I don't know. He And he played well this week, too. So He there, had a good week. He had a very good week. very good week. Not, maybe not a bad play this week, but we'll see. I can't Love pick you, him because he missed those two-footers, and it just drives me absolutely nuts. I'm with you. So my other one this week, is Wyndham Clark came inches from completing a feat that is rarer on the PGA Tour than a hole-in-one. He missed the 18th green by a couple centimeters. If he had hit that green, he would have on 18 for 18 on greens in regulation, which is more rare than a hole-in-one. His ball hit the green, really? trickled off to the side, and was half on the green, half on the fringe. And the rules officials marked it as on the fringe, not on the green.
1: So that's more rare than a hole-in-one? Statistically, yes. That is wild. That seems wrong. Yes, It feels like there's a, there should be. I guess if you think about it, though, there's probably a hole-in-one once every other week. So, I mean, you probably get one of these. I I feel like the PGA Tour always tweets it out, like 18 for 18 check. Okay, And the last
0: one that I remember was Scotty, I believe, did it at Kapalua earlier this year.
1: I think Spieth did it this year. I could be wrong. That's possible.
0: But, like, even Uh, if it is, let's say all of these are right and there's three this year. There's more ace. There was one ace this week, probably yeah, one last Spieth, week. Spieth did it at the waist. Wow, that's a tough course to do that too. Yeah, good for him, but very, okay. very, very rare. And we were robbed.
1: Yeah, we were. So this is this is wild that you brought this up because this weekend I was at a uh, I was at a buddy's golf trip. So played yesterday. And I lost to this guy, two up, who was an animal, just getting up and down for every from everywhere. I hit fifteen of eighteen greens i 've never wow. done such a thing in my life it was It was just an absolute clinic, and I lost by two because this guy would get up and down from every single place on the golf course. And I, I told him after the round, I wanted. He made me want to slam my clubs into my other clubs and yeah. never play golf again because I had right. never hit the ball so well in my life. So I was thinking about that because I, I probably only hit over nine greens once in my life. It's usually half out there, if that. And I hit. I went back through every hole. I missed three of the first four, and then missed one green. Or, or I missed two of the first three and then missed one other green down the stretch. So 18 that's, of 18. That's some good playing. It's good playing, but it wasn't good enough.
0: Nonetheless. Some very good playing teaches you you got to have a good short game.
1: Shout out Cam Young.
0: Shout out Cam Young, who does not most of the time. He can kind of chip, I guess. I don't know. We'll see when he wins the PGA.
1: I'll have a good short game that
0: week. Okay, so something that we wanted to talk about this week is one of our favorite events. I think if you're a golf fan, it's probably your favorite event out there. Once every couple of years, it's the Ryder Cup. On the DP World Tour this year, they played at Marco Simoni, I believe is the name of it, in just outside Rome in Italy. It's the host course for this September's Ryder Cup, and it was a good tournament. The course looked pretty good. I watched a little bit. Our boy Adrian Moronk pulled it out. He's a really good player, if you're not familiar. Played in the Masters and the Match Play and probably a couple other, maybe some of the designated events too, but really good player, really, really strong iron player one of the best on the DP World Tour. You're going to know about him if you don't already. And I think that's his third DP World Tour win. He won the Irish Open last year. Maybe He's a stud. Yeah, he's a really, really good player. And this can kind of segue us into a little bit of our Ryder Cup talk. I haven't talked with you about this in a while. I looked up all the standings, places where we are now and it's kind of getting into crunch time for this it's only a couple more months before they're gonna finalize these these teams
1: yeah so i you you let me know that you wanted to talk about this and i think it's a fantastic conversation just given the timing of the event and um you know what happened last week Really interesting conversation for me, because I think a lot of people view the Americans as very heavy favorites, which isn 't usually the case when they go over to europe and even when I Never. look at at these lineups i don't i can't justify it i I, I know what happened at Whistling Straits, and I understand what a you know what a big ass whooping that really ultimately turned out to be but the americans have struggled so much over the years in europe and the guys that they're going to go up against are no joke even with the live talk i i think it's more of a coin flip than we than we believe right now
0: i think the us hasn't won an away game in the last 25 years or something like that. It's it's a very, very low amount, if ever. But really quick, before we kind of get more into how these are going to stack up, I on paper thought that the U.S. team would be dominant. I believe that's what everyone thinks. I think that that's kind of when you just think of these golfers, these are these are. Maybe the US team overall has a higher average world ranking, but let me know what you think. The way that this works is that there are six players for each team that automatically qualify and six captains' picks where they can pick from whoever they want to fill out the remaining 12 on the team. Okay. For the US team, an obvious first place, Scotty Scheffler. Rounding out the top five, Max Homa, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, Sammy Burns, and Patrick Cantlay. Right on the outside is Morikawa, Salatoris, who would have been a lock if he could play in it, JT, Xander, Kitayama from that API win, Tony Finau up seven places after winning in Mexico, and rounding out that top 12, San Zalatoris is Chris Kirk.
1: So let's talk about the locks for captain's picks. In my mind, there are four of them, and then two, two spots left that will be a very interesting conversation and be informed by results down the stretch. I think, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, I think Morikawa, Thomas, Shoffley, and Finau are all the locks all of those
0: guys are on the team.
1: 100%. And I don't think there's any debate. Major winners, solid players, played in Ryder Cups previously, no doubt. Then the conversation gets a little bit interesting. And to be honest, I don't see much justification for a guy like Kitayama, Kirk, Degala, Hoagie, Bradley, Taylor Moore, Harris English. That's... Those are the next guys. So, so where do you go to finish that squad? Obviously, a couple of those might be in the conversation given by what happens down the stretch, but this is a conversation that is going to continue well into the summer because there's, there are really no strong options right now in my eyes.
0: So a couple interesting people on this top 25 are Mickelson and Kepka. I don't think that they're going to be in it. Uh, We know that. But that's pretty much just based off a few tournaments. I don't know. What do you make of Kitayama? Because he used to play in Europe a lot. He plays well on some of these coastal courses. I think there is an argument to be made for him, especially if he plays well in a couple more, but he does not have the long-term form. It's just pops so i i you know what and it's and he's not youngest either he played well in the match play right didn't he
1: get out he of played his group? pretty
0: well in the match play yeah he did he did so a good
1: call it's i don't i don't think he'll make it but i think it's fair to put him into the conversation especially if he were to have a good summer I think right now it's really to hard to soccer. justify. It. Yeah, and I I don't really think you if if it was due tomorrow, no shot in my opinion. But given the success earlier, the fact that he's played in Europe, I think it's okay to put him into the conversation. I just really doubt it at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and it it it's gonna be interesting because that that next group of guys is not awesome. Kirk Thigala Hoagie. Bradley Wyndham Clark, Taylor Moore, Harris English, Davis Riley. It gets really sketchy. None of those guys are going to be on the team unless they they have just a crazy run of form this summer. yeah, another and- interesting person to me down here is Ricky. I think it's hard to leave Ricky off at this point.
1: I completely agree i
0: I think that these especially
1: the the captains they tend to like resume and I think there'll yeah. be a lot of Ricky stands on the team. I'm sure the team is consulted on this, whether or not it's it's completely kosher. I think it's I think they'll be behind that, especially if we're at a place where we are now where we're reaching for guys, right? I, I Ricky would be on my right. team right now, zero doubt about it, given this list of names.
0: I think he's when especially when they're going over to Europe you want to have guys with experience you want to have camaraderie you don't want to have rookies team they're the going to try outside. to make this an experienced team an experienced team they know each other everyone likes Ricky it's it's going to be interesting because also talk a little bit about the course here too traditionally the euro setup lends itself to accuracy wedging around the green, not being able to bomb it as far as you can. So the U S statistically from a skill standpoint is at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to these guys, it's not going to be a good setup for cam young. It's not going to be a good setup for Sam Burns, probably not going to be the greatest setup for Shoffley. Some of these guys just aren't like the most consistent accuracy off the tee and that always, Tony Finau even, like that's not his brand of golf. Tony's going to be on the team. Tony's a good match play player, really good Ryder Cup player. He'll be there, but it's always interesting seeing what happened in Paris last time where, on paper, the U.S. team was so much stronger, and they had players like Bryson, Phil, um, I can't even, Kapka, who just Dustin Johnson who just couldn't hit fairways. Yeah, even Tiger didn't play that well that week. And that was when we thought that accuracy was like his his most important attribute too coming off that win. But it it is really interesting seeing the difference between the way that the two teams are built and Europe really, really knows how to build a strong Ryder Cup team.
1: It as as an American I would be very worried about the prospects. I mean, that right now I was just looking at this out of curiosity, but there look ahead odds for the winner and the US equates to what would be a 60 to 65% chance that that Vegas gives them to win. I think it just that doesn't is seem logical. Dead wrong. Dead yeah. wrong. I'm not saying Europe should be the favorite. I'm saying trying to echo all the things that you said we'll we'll list the europe team and it will be like okay there's no chance these guys are going to beat the americans i think that is really incorrect because they're playing on these courses they're good golfers and it doesn't play to our strengths we struggle to win over there i just i i don't see how you can justify talent alone making us this much of a favorite
0: Right. And I, as a fan, I would love to see the US build their team from that standpoint of who's going to play the best in Europe, not necessarily who's the most deserving of it. Right. That gets a little bit sketchy. But like if Wyndham Clark wins another event and is right there, Wyndham Clark does not fit playing there at all. I wouldn't be shocked if the guy just absolutely crumbles under pressure no match play record to speak of it would be a mistake for them to bring someone like that in my opinion right and i'll just so, touch on yeah go ahead. the the european team i know
1: their qualification is a little bit different i think it's it's three players from the Ryder cup list three players from the best golfers in the world that aren't in the initial field and then luke donald will have six captain's picks and uh so right now it's it's actually John Rahm, Rory McElroy, and Yannick Paul, the German, yep. with I've Victor a Perez, of Adrian Moronc, and Jorge Campillo tailing right behind. So again, these names like Rahm and McElroy are gonna be in there and then there are gonna be a lot of guys from Europe, but there was a changing of the guard from last year. You saw a lot of emotion with the Poulters and the Westwoods of the world sure. at Whistling Straits. And I've, they went to live, but they they kind of understood that their time as Ryder Cup team was was done. So you're going to see a, a team full of a lot of names that the casual golf fan has not heard of and will not be given much of a chance in the American media, I'm sure.
0: I I think you're totally right, but... When I'm looking at this team, this team stacks up right with the U.S. Obviously, Yannick Paul, no one really knows. He doesn't have a proven track record. I would be surprised if he holds on to that final spot. But at the same time, there's six more spots. He's been playing well enough on the DP World Tour. He probably should get at least a little bit of a look, right? I think that... After this week, winning on the Ryder Cup course and got out of his group or almost got out of his group in the match play. I can't remember. Moronk played very well at the match play. He's a stud. He's a stud and he's going to be on the team. I think it's a lock.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this shakes out. Because guys like Victor Hovland, we haven't even talked about. He's nowhere near the list of Ryder cup qualification but he'll be i think default by world rankings a little tough to follow this but he's a stud one of the best ball strikers like we've talked about there's going to be good players on both sides here and it's a conversation that i do want to put a pin in a little bit because we'll be able to talk about it this summer when the teams begin to take shape but definitely one that's exciting to get going and Maybe it's the lack of drama down the stretch here, but I'm excited for that golf right now as we speak.
0: Definitely. The Euro team, Rom, Rory, Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, majors on that list. Really good players. The U.S. team is in danger.
1: And players that are in good form.
0: Yes. We'll good see you form. in July, but I know. We got a long ways to go. A lot of things are going to change in the next few months. But things are also starting to take a little bit of shape. (laughs) Okay, so let's go into our PGA Tour event this week. This week we have the Byron Nelson, the AT&T Byron Nelson. This is at TPC Craig Ranch in McKinney, Texas. It is a suburb of Dallas-Fort Worth. So far, it's held this tournament the last two years. It's proven to be one of, if not the easiest course on tour all year. The past winner both years was K.H. Lee, the The self-proclaimed sexiest man in golf. He's going for the triple. He won at minus 25 and minus 26 over the two years. There's going to be birdies. There's going to be eagles. The course has some long par threes and one par four on hole 16, which plays very difficult. They're pretty much the only defense. Maybe wind, but we're not going to get that. 85 and sunny all week. No bad weather to speak of, which has been a rarity on the PGA Tour this year. So there are two par fours where the birdie rate is over 40%, which is astronomical for par fours. I believe there's four other holes with over 47% and one par five, which has a birdie rate of over 50%. So this course is just birdie, birdie, birdie. If you're not making birdies, you're losing ground.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. And one more note really quick. This year, the tournament is creating their own stadium hole on the par 317th They're going to have stands, a GA stand and corporate executive stands trying to once again copy the greatest hole in golf
1: well I'm sure we'll see many copycats going on if I remember correctly KH Lee stared down Jordan Spieth on that hole last year to go for his second consecutive win and boy do I like his chances for a third he is playing well and nobody's done it but I mean, who better than K.H. Lee to pull off the elusive triple? We've talked about it, Jacob. I am all in on K.H. Lee this week.
0: I, I'm a huge K.H. Lee fan, and very little of it has to do with the way that he golfs. You know the story about him saying he wants to be the sexiest player on tour?
1: Why don't you give the years listeners back, a
0: little insight? A couple years back, he was interviewed about his life goals. And he was basically saying, I'm a professional golfer. That was my life goal. But actually, there is this other thing that I want. I want to be the sexiest man on the PGA Tour. And then the follow-up question was, what does that mean to you? And he said, it means someone who's very muscular. I don't know if you've seen KH Lee, but I would not describe him as muscular or sexy. Still I, a hilarious guy. I don't think you're giving him enough
1: credit. I mean, you see some of these <laughs> guys out there. Look, look, I, you see a lot of the same type of build on the PGA tour. Good looking guys, muscular, tall. KH Lee might have a case for the sexiest man on tour, and his case is going to get so much stronger when he's won. When he wins the trophy the AT&T Byron Nelson for the third year in a row. I want it because he is the sexiest man and it's going to be a great trivia answer in the future.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you know who the last guy was that pulled off a triple? I don't know. Tell me. Stricker at the John Deere way back when. Oh, yeah. He won like 14 of those, right? I think think he, he might have even won four in a row or something crazy like that you he he just own that tournament. Yeah, he was like longer on the
1: champions tour just on that leaderboard every single year.
0: Yeah, they're they're going to have to rename this tournament the AT&T KH Lee Invitational because it is it is unbelievable that he even won once, let alone twice. But who am I to doubt him winning three? He's he's probably one of the favorites. He is, well I think week. he's... He's the 4th and 5th,
1: and he's playing well. There is no reason KH Lee can't be your winner. Now, there is... Well, I I
0: could think of a few reasons why. Scotty
1: Scheffler included. Unfortunately, he's in the field this week sending a huge blow to KH (laughs) Lee's chances given how well he's expected to play and you talked about the easy course earlier we're looking at birdies or better gain strokes gain and easy scoring conditions and strokes gained approach driving distance and par five scoring all of which Scotty Scheffler is an animal in he is the hands down best player in this field a very rightful favorite and I'm finding a tough time Picking the field given that he and Jordan
0: Speeth, who has played very well here, are at the top of the odds board? We could just cut the segment short right now and just say, yeah, Scotty's probably going to win because there's a chance that that's what happens, right? That's when Scotty's in the field. He could just, it's the same thing with John Rahm. There's like a 30% chance that he just plays well and he will not lose if he plays really well. But he could also play most of the time, it may not seem like this, most of the time, he will play not totally well. And I actually think that at a course where you just need to make birdie, 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 it's more of a kind of puttery fest. He's gonna need to putt well. And that tends to be the part of the game that lets him down sometimes. It gives the the people's man, KH Lee, some more hope. So to be honest
1: with you, and we can Let's let's just do it. Let's go pin-seeking. So I like KH Lee. I like him a lot. I think that do he's yeah. playing well. He's shown success here. And at the top of the board, they're, I'm not going to tell you that Scheffler and Spieth are going to win the tournament because I feel like it's too easy and we want to give out bad picks. It's a so, pretty good
0: field, actually, though.
1: It's not bad. I'm actually excited. Look, I don't love these birdie putting fests, whatever they become. They're not my favorite type of event, but I I do think the course has some excitement. I look to a couple guys right now, and KH Lee is one of them. And my other guy, we've talked about him a little bit. He's your franchise starter, Tom Kim.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I worry about him not making enough putts, but this would be theoretically a pretty good course for him.
1: Well, this might be silly of me, but when he won at Wyndham, he was hitting the ball really straight, and he had a decent result this week, better than he had been playing up to this point. He's kind of the streaky guy that he's shown to be, playing so well last fall into this year. And I like the fact that he's hitting the ball well. What happened at the Wyndham last year was his putter got so hot that nobody else in the field had a chance. And having seen that streakiness before, you get a good player like that. We talked about it with Ricky. Things just have to come together. I believe that could happen for Tom Kim this week. That's why I like him.
0: I definitely don't think it's a bad shout. I, I think that he's, and he's not going to be, you know, top of the board, right? Because we do have Scotty, We have Speed. We have Ty Hayen. I think Jason Day's in the field still. Adam Scott's in the field. Siwoo Kim's in the field. Matsuyama, who didn't play last week. People like playing the week before the major, and it's a good stomping ground for people. Also, another reason to not pick necessarily the cream of the crop is people use this as like a finalizing their game, not necessarily peaking for their game. Exactly. My first guy is another guy who we talk about all the time. He top fived in Italy last week, not at the Wells Fargo. Nikolai Hoygaard He's played the easy courses pretty well. I know a couple of course comps for him there. And the most important statistic for us this week is going to be hitting it close with the irons and he does it better than most.
1: So I'm a little, I
0: look, I love
1: this guy. I really want him to win. The thing that kept me away was something that has nothing to do with golf at all. It's that he was in Mexico, then Rome and now he's back yeah, in texas
0: i know that is concerning there's no it way that concerning. that doesn't and mess he's with be your in the major next week it it, he, it seems he's me... probably qualified for the major right
1: no he is and you talk about the the tune up yeah. aspect right it's like for him this can't be anything more than i mean that has to wear on you those are long flights long days not standard preparation worries me a little bit
0: I think so probably. He's a little more used to the traveling, being on the Euro tour, but I love him. I don't know necessarily. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of pick him probably almost every week, but that that that's right. a little whatever. All right, another guy that I got this week is uh Texas Longhorn. The Irons have been a little bit better last year, and he tied 17th without any approach game last year. Bo Hostler. What do we think about Bo? I know. It's it's self-defrecation at this point.
1: I really, really applaud your courage on this one. I know I've told you this off the pod, but a couple of weeks ago I was listening to the PGA Tour live app and one of them said when referring to bo hosler it just feels like a matter of time before he gets his first win well he was i right. thought it i thought it was one of the most outrageous things a golf broadcaster has <laughs> ever said yeah. and yeah. no one called him out for it they all just agreed they said oh yeah yeah you know i i i think bo's bo's about ready for a win look this is a good he can make birdies he's he's streaky he he's played he's well he's a good putter like these. he is a good putter I, I applaud your courage. That's where I'll leave it on Bo.
0: Look, there's Scotty Scheffler in the field right now. Do I think that Bo Hosler can chase down Scotty Scheffler if it comes to that? Absolutely not. But I'm sticking my neck out for the guy.
1: For me, I'm going to look to a, not a longhorn, but a horned frog. And that would be Tom Ooh. Hoagie. Tom Hoagie is a birdie machine at the top of his game, and I don't quite understand why he isn't near the top, given that he's won a couple events before. He is number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach this year.
0: The Hoagie man. man. And
1: I haven't the Hoagie man. And you see a classic photo of him at the college football final doing the horn Frog logo. He knows these Texas courses. I, uh, I'm going to take I a love flyer that. on him. I, I think that he fits the course mold. Hasn't been playing too well up to the hoagie standards, but still number one in the PGA tour and stroke scanned approach. The guy knows how to make birdies would not be shocked at all to see him contend here and finish second to Scotty.
0: I really, really like that. I'm, I'm all for the Texas narrative as well. I think that that's super important. If it does get a little windy, knowing how to play this, bent grass greens, these guys probably grew up playing on these style of courses. So look out for the Texas guys, Scheffler, Spieth, Hostler, Tom Hoagie. Don't be surprised if there are a bunch of Texas guys at the top.
1: Do you have any others that aren't long shots? Because I have one more and then we can get a few long shots out.
0: No, I'm not going to pick him, but I, I wanted to note that Hatton's been playing really, really good golf. I think three top fives in his last five starts. I like him more on Bermuda grass, and I don't think that a birdie fest is necessarily his strongest, but I, it's really good golf, and I, I like that he's playing because he, he needs to get more of these starts, I think, if he's
1: going to be a top player. It's a it's a good call out, and my only other guy that isn't too long of a shot would be Brandon Wu. Uh, it was not in oh. the field last week. I think Vidanta is a pretty good course comp to this, just because of its yeah, it, it is it's longer. It's longer, but it's it's easy, and I really like the way that he's been playing. I'm kind of surprised not to see him with some of the other guys that are more favored, but he he didn't play last week this is as big of an event as any for him uh, a golfer like him and i feel like it's a course where his game fits in pretty well so uh i'll i'll leave it there i'll leave it at k h lee tom kim tom Hoagie, brandon wu go for the triple
0: all right all right give me hoygard and hostler for the most part Hoyguard, Hostler, Hatton. I'm doing all ages.
1: Great. And for my long shots, Jacob, I wanted to bring him up just so you couldn't this week. Do you know who Cam I'm to say? Yes, sir.
0: Let's go. Come on, Cam.
1: How can we not go to Why him this not?
0: week? No, 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 no. We're, we absolutely are. I'm not doing that mistake again. Okay. I'm just going to ride these guys. But Batia's in the field, too. I think he pulled out. Oh, good, 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 good because I, I was going to pick him
1: obviously right okay I haven't found something that so I saw that they had pulled him from one one of the sites I was looking at but I'm not sure unconfirmed if he's in the field 100 million percent lock in this yeah. could be his first win
0: this is an it's another top there there might be some movement around here with these guys because we're, we're doing this Monday early afternoon a lot of things can change in the next couple of days But one guy who I fully anticipate being on this field is a guy who popped on one of my course comps that I found. I found that um, the Rocket Mortgage up in Detroit was a pretty decent course comp this week. Someone who's won there in the past, someone who's actually gained in approach in the last five stroke play events, and a leader at one point last week, Nate Lashley, I actually very much enjoy his chances this week. I think he plays easy courses better. He's playing probably the best golf of his career. I give him as strong a chance as any of those guys in the back.
1: Nate Lashley, huh? I don't I don't hate that. He won he yep. won the Rocket a few years ago, right?
0: Right. That's uh Detroit. That's where I- supposedly there might be some leaderboard crossover although there hasn't been too many years of either of these courses did did you hear about what's happened to that course by the way yeah i did that's that's a very interesting thing i, I was thinking about that for my miscut but pretty pretty wild stuff going on
1: so for those that don't know there was a what chemical vandalism they're calling it yep on the greens of where they play the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit Detroit Golf Club and yeah an alleged act of vandalism in the middle of April and for if you haven't seen the pictures they're crazy they're just these huge lines of dirt across the greens that completely tore them up they look like something like gophers ran under like in caddy
0: shack ridiculous right. visual basically someone someone took like um weed out right is that what they call it uh, yeah so someone went to the greens with like a chemical and just sprayed it all over the greens in like squiggly lines it looks pretty crazy
1: yeah i mean i i can't imagine how how crazy this has to make you as as an agronomist just all that grass being torn up like that
0: yeah yeah right definitely bothers bothers Every golfer, I think, probably looking at that, it's like aeration times twenty.
1: So they said they're it's going to be ready and the greens are going to be fine. But when you look at these pictures, man, this this tournament is yeah. two months away. Seems kind of like a long it's shot. Tough if you ask me,
0: to believe, tough to believe. Who knows? They they know better than we do. I guess. I
1: I guess I can get behind Nate Lashley. Um, you know, at this point, the names that you're we're tossing out aren't likely to win uh my i let's see i have two others so i mentioned cam champ uh mike kim
0: because of how well he played this week yeah great love it i've been been since the at&t pebble beach uh i've been looking at him he played well that week without putting um i don't i don't mind that at all he played super well last week Ride the hot
1: hand. That's kind of my mentality, especially when it's a birdie fest. Like, why not? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. He's better chance than a lot of these guys. Okay, the last one, it's a little bit of a bit, but I have reason to back it up. Carson Young. C. Young. Go oh, back to the geez. wild. jeez. Oh, God. He has three top 20s since the beginning of the March. Good performance. No, no, he missed the cut at the Zurich. Yeah, he- Missed the cup by a mile at the Zurich. Yeah. Maybe throw your money down the drain before hey. First round leader? Carson Young. C Young. Maybe it's Can.
0: Alright, we'll clip this. We'll clip this. You have any more? No. I can't I don't want okay. to waste my time on this. This is We got a major next week. And no oh, James Hond. Uh there's a live golf event this weekend.
1: Oh, is there really? Yeah, Tulsa. Ooh, should we pin seek that one?
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, really quick, I'll do um,
1: Matt Wolf. Okay, I've got Martin Keimer. <sighs> Good luck, Martin Keimer. James Pyatt runner up.
0: Pencil it in. Wow, wow. They just—if you're Wolf. choosing who's going to come in last, then that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs>
1: I didn't know there was an event this weekend. Oh, I guess they do the off weeks. That makes sense. Right? Can't line up with the PGA.
0: They like to play uh, a week probably, before
1: the major too. So probably Taylor Gooch. If we're being honest,
0: there's, there's no, no chance. There is just no chance Taylor Gooch wins again.
1: Okay. Well, that was pin seeking, and without further ado. The introduction of a segment that we could do every month if we're lucky but i'm thinking it's going to happen twice or three times total given the lack of updates that exists online i teased it last week <laughs> it's not keeping up with the kardashians it is keeping up with kira the barn rat <laughs> For those who don't know, Kierodek, Appy Barnrat, well, you're missing out. This guy is the most interesting man in golf, was maybe the most interesting man in golf, given that I don't think he has his PGA Tour card anymore. I could be wrong on that, but I haven't seen him anywhere. No, He did, however, tee it up this weekend for the first time in a bit, came back from something that was ailing him uh he performed well in the italian open he was plus three missed the cut
0: did not yeah it's gonna say did not perform well
1: but almost got well. out there now i am drawn to this guy because years back jacob and i were at the what was it 19 pga beth page black
0: uh yeah 18 or 19
1: now I'd known about him as a golfer but this was I think my first time seeing him in person and you see these these pictures videos online the guy blew these clouds out of a vape that were that would just make everything around it become impossible to see and would take on the golf course minutes to disappear on the golf course in his practice rounds an absolute unit he one thing that he did, I remember, I think it's a par four fifteenth. 15th. He had about 170 out uphill, and he pulled out a hybrid. Very few folks on tour that you'll see pull out a hybrid from that distance, yep. but boy, was it pure. He's um, yeah, got a good short I mean, game. He does. Well, so so I was going to bring that up because, I, you know, keeping up with Kiradak, you have to reach for... Uh, for content because he posts on Instagram so infrequently, but he did a mic'd up session, which is one of his most recent Instagram posts. Oh nice. He said it very entertaining, sprays his drive, still has a you know, sixty-five yard wedge shot into the green, misses it, does exactly what he says he doesn't want to do, leaves himself about thirty feet, drains the putt, center cup, back, superstar. So this is a like during fun. A tournament no 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 it was during like a film ad thing for (laughs) god knows what it's it's actually it's actually pretty entertaining he seems like a fun guy
0: i'll have to give it a Uh, watch yeah
1: yeah give it a watch have the listeners give it a watch uh our inspiration for this would be in 2018 there's a golf news article labeled lambos yeezys and golf Tour newbie. That's that's crazy because he was a tour newbie back then. Yeah. Kiradek Appy Barnrat lives a big, bold lifestyle and has plenty of game to match it. The first line is pressure, Kiradek Appy Barnrat says, hammering the gas pedal of his orange Lamborghini. Pressure is when you book a $150,000 car, but you only have $15,000 in the bank.
0: Yeah, so, that sounds like pressure.
1: I mean, he delivered in that regard, and he delivers when he
0: makes the putts. I wish this guy was back on tour. He's majestic, man. I mean, I've, I've known about Kirodek for quite some time now. I had a great time at the PGA. We took some edibles, walked around, and just watched this guy hit ridiculous shots left and right. He does this thing called the tie spinner. Where basically they just take out like a less lofted wedge, put it in the back of his foot and he hits it and it just never gets off the ground and just skids and then stops. It's one of the most incredible things ever. I watched him one time. uh, I was at Sawgrass a few years back and I watched him do on the eighth hole, the part three. I watched him just hit like three or four of them in a row and I was in awe. Couldn't believe that man. No, no, no. From like. Thirty yards. Oh, gotcha. He just hit. It's like a chip pitch. It just doesn't leave the ground. It's that's one of the most crazy things ever. Yeah, and just they just go and stop right next to the pin. The guy is flop shot. It's literally the exact opposite of a flop shot. Definitely go look it up. It's called the tie spinner. And I I knew about this guy mostly because of the whole vaping on the course thing, and the fact that he's very large. So he made for quite the spectacle. But this article that you're referencing where he talks about the Lamborghinis and Yeezys, he loves these things so much that one time his girlfriend thought he was cheating on him because he had a second apartment filled with only Yeezys and Lamborghinis.
1: Wait, so he's, he's married now. I wonder if this is the same one. It's got to be. Right. It's she, she's be. like, okay, I trust you
0: now. I see I, this yeah, is just right, right. <laughs> Yeah, this is the worst that things could happen.
1: Well, so he was in the Olympics in 2016, probably, and thieves broke into his locker. They left behind his wallet, laptop, and $25,000 track man, but took some Yeezys. <laughs> he must have been devastated. <laughs>
0: Maybe they were expensive Yeezys. I don't know. I'm
1: sure they were. We should. <laughs> Sounds a like he cares more about and... that, right? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, that's probably Kira Deck happy today. barn rat. Until next month, Kira Would love to see you back on tour, man. We Come we on. are we really want more Kira content. That would be great. I mean, it's just like I think he would be one of the reasons that I start a golf podcast. Because there's so much to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I could we we say it. You want some energy, you want some good characters on the tour. Oh my god, yeah. If he got his irons in shape, man, he'd be making yeah.
0: shots at the Italian Open. Maybe. At this um at when I was at the players watching him doing this practice round, he went from doing like all those spinners on the eighth. The ninth hole is a par five, and he was doing filming for, I think it was Sky Sports, uh, and they did a one-club challenge on the par five, and I think he did like a four-iron, and I watched him play the whole entire hole with a four-iron in the practice round. It was very, very fun to watch. You get a 14 on it? Hit it in a bunker. That was was pretty funny. He was hopeless from there. Yeah. Uh-huh. that was the end of the video pretty much
1: all right well uh we should get out of here this was a ton of fun next week we have the pga championship i know there is a ton to talk Big about week I, I imagine that it will take up 50 to 75 percent of that episode and i am more looking than forward that but yeah that tournament is awesome i'm excited for a major even more so now because that elevated event
0: just didn't deliver. So. Uh, Big things to come, for sure. More than likely, we'll have very little to review uh, as far as Byron Nelson goes. So anticipate pretty much just a full preview on the PGA. It's excited. It'll be our first major on the podcast.
1: I'll caveat that by saying we will have a ton to review if and when KH Lee is the owner of
0: Golf's new triple. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sexy Lee. Sexy Lee. Sexy Lee. Everyone knows it by now. Like, subscribe, YouTube. You know the drill. We don't... We'll get a YouTube up one of these days so you can subscribe to that. Instagram, Twitter, follow. TikTok. No, we're not on TikTok. We're on TikTok.
1: We're on TikTok. You know, you guys know that. Tell your friends. Spread the word.
0: Five we'll stars, you. comments. Disaster.